Don't look now, but the Nashville Predators have won back-to-back -back games for only the second time this season. We will talk about the two things that played into Nashville's 2-1 to win over the Minnesota Wild, our one word to describe the game, and are the Predators back? Let's talk about it today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. The Preds won! The Brits won! The second time in a row. Uh, apparently, all they needed was to not be in the western half of North America anymore. Yeah, uh, Nashville Predators get the 2-1 win over Minnesota Wild. Predators scored twice in the first period. Once by Nino Niederreiter. Less than a minute later by Matt Duchesne. A Freddie Gaudreau goal in the third period made people a little bit timid, maybe look like the Wild were pushing a little bit, but UC Soros closed the door to get the 2-1 win. And yes. one word to describe last night's game. Uh, last night's game was so terrific. That's not my one word. I'm just building up to my one word. Um, got to be at Bridgestone Arena. Bridgestone Arena was crazy for a Tuesday night. We were crazy. Um, my one word I am going to throw back to when we were in Latvia in the capital city of Riga. And my one word is St. Peter's Church. So when you are in Riga, there is an old church as in Europe, most all things are old. There's an old church called St. Peter's Church. And you can climb these stairs all the way to the top of St. Peter's Church and you can look out over the city of Riga, and it is this 360 panoramic view of the city of Riga. And for me, last night's game gave this panoramic step back 365 view of what the Predators could be. Now, am I saying, don't even come at me, people, am I saying the Nashville Predators are going to win from here on through April every single game? Not promising that. So everybody just, you know, keep your keep your pessimist, you know, in check. But I really feel like this game finally gave Nashville Predators fans an opportunity to get a whole picture of what this team can be and how this team can compete and how you can combine the talents in a certain way for them to be more successful. Now, can't always see beyond the horizon, even when you're at the top of St. Peter's Church. So again, I'm not saying, look, here we come for the Stanley Cup already. But I am saying that this game against Minnesota really was a great picture of when the pieces are put together and when things are firing well, when this team is executing well, what we have 
from the national predators. Um, my one word, Anne, is snake handling. And I'm not talking about like the snake handling preachers okay. <laughs> out, in the, out in the backwoods of Kentucky or anything like that. Um, mine is like, have you ever seen like those TikToks of like, you know, there, there's like villages in Southeast Asia where it's just like, you know, a group of people are playing with like a, you know, a king cobra or something like that. And they'll they'll put like, you know, their hand in the cobra will to like try to strike and they'll have to like pull it away before it strikes and you know, they're just like playing with its tail and stuff like that. First off, this this sounds like a nightmare, but I'm going. This so, is so yeah. horrible. So you like watch this on TikTok and it's like, I'm watch, I'm going to watch like somebody's death here. It's like, you know, they're playing with it. They're like, you know, it's like, oh, they got away just in time before it's struck. And oh, it's like, you know, that. And then like, think about this. Like if you can survive doing all that and you don't get bit by the snake even though there's a lot of times you're like, you probably should have gotten bit by the snake. You kind of look like a badass. You look <laughs> crazy, but you, you do look like a badass. That to me look like the Nashville predators in last night's game, because there are so many times that I was like, you're kind of playing with fire here. Mm-hmm. You're kind of playing with a King Cobra. Yes. You know, five uh, penalties or five, you know, opportunities to put, Minnesota on the power play. One of those was a double minor on a yes, it was on just a, a sloppy play by Ryan Johansson. Um, you know, there's that. There's a lot of second chance opportunities around UC Soros, which we said yesterday was a key to the game towards winning. Was to not do that. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite do that. Um, but they, there's all these opportunities to get bit. All these times the Preds were just playing with that big snake. That sounded wrong, but okay. But the we're king, with the analogy. Hang with, with the analogy. They were with the King Cobra mm-hmm. and they were, you know, playing with the King Cobra. Still not 100% right. Look, they almost got bit by a snake. Right. They almost got bit by a snake that they were just tossing up in the air, playing with, being like, oh, you're going to bite me. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> they were doing that so many times during the game last night with all of the second chance opportunities, all of the times they couldn't clear the puck in front of Saros, all of these shorthanded t- chances, and yet somehow they walked away without needing some antivenom. Mm-hmm. They did. They did. And you know what? This was a game I was really nervous for. And there was a part of me that's like, I'm not sure I even want to go because I don't want to watch what could happen. I'm not sure I want to see it with with my bare eyes. You know, I don't know that I want to see it live. But Nashville played a really good game against a team that I know Minnesota has come into this and they have definitely had their ups and downs. They're still kind of trying to navigate, you know, where they're going. But Minnesota is a team that has a lot of potential. They have a lot of weapons. And Marc-Andre Fleury, first of all, full disclosure, I cannot stand being at a game where I have to say you suck to Marc-Andre Fleury and chant it's all your fault because I love Marc-Andre Fleury. So I just want to make this public apology to Marc-Andre Fleury that I don't think that you suck. And I know it's not all your fault. And I know I said it twice. But you're so, you know, he's lovely. So forgive me for that. But he played a great game. Um, You have Kaprizov on the ice. You give them 
power play opportunities. You give them four minutes at the end of the first period of power play opportunity. And all I could do was say to my friend, they have a 24% power play. They have a 24% power play. This is going to be bad. This is going to be so bad. This is going to be so bad. This is not ideal. (laughs) And the Predators were able to keep them from scoring on a power play goal, which was huge in a two to one game. Um, And they were able to get some things past Marc-Andre Fleury. So it was, it was more than tolerable to see live. But again, sorry, Marc-Andre Fleury. And uh, um, we, I'm going to break down the the penalty kill in just a second because I thought that was a big part of the game. But I'll ask Huge. you the same question, Anne, that I think I asked you after that Rangers game. So the Preds are up 2 to nothing. 30 seconds into the third period, Freddie Goudreau, bless his heart, Yes. Scores to put the wild, uh, get the wild within two to one. Mm-hmm. At that point, were you like, okay, here we go. The dam's about to break. There, you know what? I'm not going to, not going to lie. I, I had a moment of like, oh no, but I will say this. Mm-hmm. I felt confident in what I had seen the first two periods. I think the second period, the Predators didn't generate enough offensive chances. They they kind of tended to to let Minnesota Drive play a little bit more in that second period. But I felt really good about how the Predators looked. Like I didn't feel like the Predators had given up a lot of egregious, you know, turnovers and sloppy, you know, through the neutral zone. So I felt like, okay. A little bit. They, they did so a little bit. A little bit, but not at all compared to how they have been playing. Like, I really felt Fair. like the Predators, I'm like, okay, the Predators are executing better. The, the Predators are paying attention to the little things that have absolutely steamrolled them in other games. So while I was like, oh, crap, um, I still was like, maybe... And then, you know, there were some penalties in the third period. And I'm like, just shoot me next time, Nashville. Just put me out of my misery. Don't make me sit through another penalty kill. The penalty kill looked great. So, you know, I had, again, total Hoctimist. But yeah, there is this moment of like, oh, wow, 30 seconds in. Great. We should give them 19 minutes and 30 seconds to tie this game up or come back and win it. But the Predators, I feel like, really were executing pretty well in this game. So I still had hope. Yeah, for the most part, they did. There was a couple of bad moments. Uh, I want to talk about the penalty kill. What has Mm -hmm. made them so good over the course of this season? And a couple of players that deserve some kudos, I think, for that. I do want to take a second and say today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. All right, let's take a second. Are you guys listening? We need to talk about Built Bar's brand new reimagined flavors. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, and coconut brownie topper, and white chocolate peppermint granola. With white chocolate peppermint granola, it's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. Candy cane brownie puff? Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious clouds. First off, if you guys haven't tried Built Bars before, literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. Anne and I, and especially Anne's children, will vouch for that. 
They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, just 130 calories. So sink your teeth into that. Take a second and commit because it's going to change your life forever. I'm for not kidding. There's going to be a time before you try these new built flavors and you're wondering how you're ever going to have lived the magical, wonderful time afterwards. You're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. An unanswerable question to Elise because it seems like it changes all the time. <laughs> uh, I love the Cougar Tail Puffs, one of my new favorites. I'm also a big Cherry Barcia or Mint Brownie guy. And Anna and I were just talking about this the other day. The granola bars, especially the, the peanut butter chocolate one, personal favorite. I cannot wait to try uh, the candy cane one because that sounds awesome. They're all unbelievable, whichever your uh, preference and flavor is, and they're all different. So you can order a mixed box and try five flavors for yourself. You got to try it. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. Again, code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. All right, Ann. I feel like we need to sing some praises of the Nashville Predators of Penalty Kill. Because yes. it is absolutely cooking this season. And I mean cooking in the kitchen. 83.3% on the season. That's the sixth best penalty kill in the NHL. They killed all five last night. As we mentioned, one of them was a four-minute power play late mm-hmm. in the game, uh, which that had danger written all over. It. And the Preds did very well. It's just you watching. It's just this is such a well-structured group, no matter what's in there. And it's structured well because there seems to be different players, you know, kind of in that PK unit every game. You know, we saw Michael McCarron. He was a healthy scratch last night. We talked about him making a couple of big plays on that PK down the stretch. Mark Jankowski comes in. Yes. is more of a penalty-killing role with McCarron out. And he played fundamental marchankowski number one that's a guy who every time i see him play the more i keep thinking this guy is earning his yes but he has been fire this season whatever the preds have asked for him uh you look at matthias eckholm like that little like like 1980s jazzercise music video move where he just like he's on his side and he does like the side <laughs> leg lift to kick the puck out of the air yes what would have been a pretty good, uh, like cross, like you know, cross ice pass? There's just a lot of well structured opportunities. It is a good mix, and to me, of sound play, like not giving up your structure. Uh, looks like a lot of teams have trouble getting the puck into you know really dangerous areas, but also aggressiveness. And we saw a play last night. You know, the Preds were kind of structured. This is, I think, on the the, the four minute uh, power play for Minnesota. They were very structural. They, you know, they not giving it any opportunity. You know, the puck came out to the point, and all of a sudden, you just see Mark Jankowski like charge out and cut yes. off the angle. Uh, they they had to do like you know they were you can tell they were teeing up for like a shot from the corner or something like that. But instead, uh, the guy had to just kind of throw it you know around the boards that kind of killed some time, reset, and that's just perfect. It's like you know. On this this sound play, you know, you don't give up ranks, you don't break formation, and then all of a sudden, when you see your chance, 
go ahead and be aggressive. And I love that. I love that play. We talk about the identity from John Hines, where it's like he wants his team to play aggressive, but right on that edge. This Mm -hmm. was an example of being right on that edge. You were aggressive. You pushed the play, but you weren't reckless. It's that smart enough, not safe that John Hines said in, in training camp, like you need to play smart, not safe. And you're seeing that on this penalty kill. And look, Minnesota, 24% on the power play. This is a team, especially with Kaprizov, you put him on the wing and they execute a lot of power play goals with a really quick cross-ice pass to Kaprizov, who puts it in the net. I think he has five power play goals of his 10 goals. Five are on the man advantage. So this is a team with a huge threat when they're on the man advantage. And Nashville, again, I love what you say because they really are a good balance on the penalty kill of playing aggressive. Like they make, they challenge the entry in. And I think that there have been times where we have seen the penalty kill be a little more hesitant to challenge the entry. They'll, they're like, okay, well, you can come in and you can set up, but then we're going to really, then we're really going to shut it down. And I think they have done a really good job being more aggressive. Two players that I love seeing on the penalty kill are Yakov Trenin and Tanner Janot. Yakov Trenin is so delightful to me on the penalty kill because he reminds me of like a tween boy picking on his brother because he doesn't do enough to draw a penalty. He doesn't do enough to overcommit and to do something foolish but he also will harass and he will um, you know, just kind of get in their way and just, you know, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not, that kind of annoying pester that kind of slows things down and, and kind of ties things up. I, I really love what we're seeing from the penalty kill. And I feel like on, you know, on the penalty kill, the Predators shut down things like those cross ice passes that we have seen the Predators get burned on earlier in this season. So you're seeing a much improved penalty kill as we go on. I mean, not granted, they gave up a lot of chances early, but it is really shutting down, um, shutting down a lot of opportunities. And, you know, UC Saros said after the game, he was the star, you know, the number one star of the game. And he was saying on, you know, those penalty kills, how important it was to have such good defense in front of him because it made it so much easier for him yeah. to track the puck. You know, they, they shut down that cross ice stuff, you know, like you said, you know, they kind of sprawled out and, yeah. you know, blocked <laughs> passes and blocked shots and shut We're down. We're calling that the, the jazzercise. Yes, they did it's the like, jazzercise. Like, I feel like, you know, you take off the uniform and T.S.I. Holmes got like the pink leg warmers. And <laughs> yes. The like, I feel like, like, I feel like, like, I feel like he's doing that. Um, yes. you know, when like Ida's like at the store or something like that, and he's just like, people are going to laugh, but you know what, this is going to, this is going to come in handy in one of these games. That's right. That's a football player taking ballet. Only it's a hockey player doing jazzercise. Take it same. home, Matias at home. Yeah. Same, same, but different. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the penalty kill has been huge for Nashville well executed last night because I'm telling you, every time we headed to the penalty box, I said to my friend, oh, we are in trouble. This is not ideal. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you probably want to clean up some of that mess. Again, like mm-hmm. we talked about the the Wild having five power play opportunities. A couple of those penalties 
were pretty reckless penalties. The Jeremy Lazan one is one that uh, for sure stands out uh, yeah. in that regard. Um, but, you know, that's that's something you're going to have to clean up uh, as you go on. The Ryan Johansson double minor, it was just like you, you felt like you know what he was trying to do. But at the same time, it's like, oh, like what's what's the point, buddy? Like mm-hmm. the, the whole going for a lipstick of a guy who wasn't even like close to getting the puck, you know, like, like what was that about? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's just a couple of those things that I think the predators really need to clean up. Uh, and it feels like the real star of the game, you know, we talked about him on passing, but we got to talk about UC Saros, right? Because this yes. is his second really dominant performance of the game. And it begs the question, is he back? I know we are going to dig into UC Saros' performance and a couple other players we want to give a shout out to in just a minute. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen today. For your second listen today, go check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. You can go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today is available on this app. It's available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and let's sing the praises of one Mr. UC. I don't know his middle name. Insert Finnish middle name. Or they may not have middle names. A lot of European countries don't do middle names. UC Pekka Saros. This is his second really solid dominant performance uh, in as many games. The second time he's only allowed one goal. Uh, He has stopped... Uh, let's, let's try to do this math, Nick. 78. No, that's not right. Six early y'all. 68 of his last 70 shots, which that's pretty promising. Yep. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is the second time in a row, even dating back, uh, you take that Saint or that Seattle thing out of the equation and you talk about that Vancouver game where he gave up three goals early, but rebounded to make like what I think it wound up being 38 consecutive saves late in the game. I mean, it's, it seems like, you know, we talk about UC Saros in a slow start and we've certainly seen some oopsies from him this season, But it's, it seems like over the past week, again, like without the Seattle game, mm-hmm. you look at this, it as a trend and you start to think it's like, okay, this is the UC Saros I remember from last season. You know, the, the Vezina nominee where it just mm-hmm. seemed like no matter how porous or how many chances uh, the Preds gave up, it just seemed like he was going to be there. You could count on him being there to close the door and keep the Predators in the game. And it seems like that's what he's been doing the past couple of games. So that begs the question, Anne, is UC Saros, is he back? Is that early? Is that cold streak to start the season officially over? Can we count on vintage UC again? I mean, I'm going to say yes, just because I want it to be true. But I do think 
And John Hines said this after the Rangers game, and I think that it held true as well against Minnesota, is that he has a different posture these last couple of games in the net. Like he just looks more confident in the net. He looks a little more calm in his movements. He he looks, you know, you can watch him and see that he's kind of in the vintage Soros of last season zone. Whereas earlier in the season where he was kind of giving up some goals where you're like, really? You're going to let that one by? Um, yeah. a, almost, a lot of goals we're not used to seeing him give up. A lot of goals that, that we weren't used to seeing him get up. And also he was not getting the defensive support early in this season. The defense was not necessarily helping him out, especially on things, well, the whole team, on things like defensive zone turnovers that, you know, turned into, hey, I'm a guy standing in the slot and the puck is on my tape in front of UC Saros, you know, so the team as a whole are eliminating moments. But I do think that you can see that Saros these past two games has kind of settled in. And last night, it really did look like vintage Saros. Now, there weren't necessarily a lot of, I don't feel like the Predators gave up as many of those oopsie chances um, that really put Saros under pressure in the game last night, which was really good to see. But yeah, I feel like, you know, even in some really crazy net front scrambles, Saros was dialed in on that puck. I mean, and there were limbs a flying and bodies everywhere and people kicking and all that. And, you know, I really do feel like Saros is sort of settled in and dialed in more. So let's just Let's just claim it. Let's just put it in the universe. UC Saros is back, my friend. Yeah, please no one bookmark this. He gives up like six goals against the Islanders tomorrow. No, no. Uh, Don't don't. even say it. Let's not put that into the universe. But yeah, look, the Preds are the team they are. They have some things they need to clean up. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you know, we mentioned this last year. UC Saros is the team's eraser, you know, he can take a game yes. that predators probably should lose. Uh, like if, if you look at the like analytics last night, a lot of the analytics favor the wild, and here comes UC Saros to kind of erase some of that. That's something the Preds didn't have earlier in the season. Uh, you know, some bad goals given up by Saros in some winnable games. Mm-hmm. That's big because at this stage, every point matters. I know there's some people listening that are going to be like, well, damn, we won a game. When We're going to talk about that later this week. Trust me. Oh, we are. Some of these, you know, crap hard for Bedard takes that are going around uh, the the Preds universe. That's a topic of conversation for a later show. But, you know, you got to be happy with the way UC Saros played. Um, if nothing else, just because that's something good right around the corner, you know, you now have confidence that the Predators can pull out some of these tougher games later in the week. Hey, remember Saturday, they have Tampa Bay lightning no. the day after Thanksgiving. They have the Colorado avalanche again. And if you see Saros is playing the way he'd played last night, all of a sudden you have more confidence in this game. And it's like, okay, we can survive some of these bigger teams and still get two points out of it. And that, to me, is the confidence. Uh, and, and we mentioned uh, there's a couple other players mm-hmm. that we want to shout out. Who's somebody that you want to highlight as having a pretty good game last night? 
Uh, two players, in fact. One, of course, brings me great delight, especially in my marriage, and that is I want to give a shout out to Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne scored his 700th and 701st point last night in the game, and he scored a power play goal. Hallelujah, it can happen. And it was a great, it was a great uh, spot that he shot from. It was not one of those like pass around the perimeter, merry-go-round kind of power plays. So want to give a shout out to Matt Duchesne. I am loving Duchesne on the line with Nino Niederreiter and Ryan Johansson. I am really liking that combination um, because Ryan Johansson is the other guy I want to shout out. Ryan Johansson and his, as he says, giant orangutan arms had two assists um, last night to set up these goals and the one primary assists and the one on Nino Niederreiter, the first goal of the game was literally incredible. The puck was way out ahead of him, kind of out of control, and he one handed reached out, swung that stick, and somehow got the pass across ice to Nita Ryder to put it in the net. Absolutely incredible game last night from Ryan Johansson, minus the whole double minor thing. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, you need those two to make plays. I still think, you know, and I'll die on this hill, I think Ryan Johansson, one of the more underrated players on the Predators. Fact. That's a hill – uh, I will die on. I think when Predators fans got him, they were thinking like, oh, he's going to be like the 90 to 100 point center the Predators have lacked for. And he hasn't been that, but I, I don't think you can overlook what else he does. I think he's like in this modern NHL, kind of a perfect number two center in that he has the skill to set up other players. He's got, you know, we talked about the the long orangutan arms to break. Those are his words. His yeah. words. He's pretty good on defense as well. Mm -hmm. it, well probably one of the Predators' best face-off guys. You know, you always incredible either him or Sissons being the guys that take the key face-offs late in the game. I mean, he's just perfect, like for for like a top six center. Uh, he was perfect playing, you know, kind of behind Grandlin last year, playing behind Parsonen um, yesterday, which you know Parsonen had another solid game, but you know. Yes. Unlike the first time, you know, you can see a couple of things like, yeah, you'll need to fix that, which is mm -hmm. fine. But yeah, I do think Ryan Johansson is somebody that I think maybe one of the more underrated guys on the Predators. I think just because of the contract and maybe not becoming what Predators fans expected him to. He gets a lot of um, vitriol in the Preds universe sometimes. But, you know, games last night you know you can point to and be like this is this is a guy who's doing a lot of different things very well for the yes. national predators just needs to you know not whack a guy in the face away from the play well in his defense the guy might have needed it because last night's game was so chippy now of course central division rival but oh my goodness y'all yeah. Like they were, there was snark to be had up and down the ice. And even after the final buzzer, like Predators won and there's a big brawl and we're like, no, y'all just exit stage left, baby. It's over. Like, yeah. you don't what? look tough. You look like a sore loser. Can we start with the, uh, the video that the wild put out before the game? Uh, the Connor, <laughs> Connor DeWar changing the, what was it? It was like the little, the like the marquee, marquee. when they come in and one, it was like tame the wild. 
and it felt like DeWar. The, okay, the, the video just wounds in like taking off the tame, and it just said the wild. But the lead up before that, this was like 48 seconds of you could tell he was trying to think of something clever. <laughs> He was like, oh, let's rearrange this. Like Bart Simpson on the the Springfield first like United Church marquee. Yes. Uh, And then then just settling with, uh, you know what? You know what would be really clever? The same thing minus just the first word. That will. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's the guy that goes in the Christmas section at Hobby Lobby and takes the monogram stockings to spell out fart. Yeah. Like that's 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 where we were. It's it's it yeah. It's just don't like a touch weird, our thing. It's just, like, it's just a weird thing. Like yeah, you know? just don't touch our stuff. Yeah, it's like you're gonna see like the president need to hire Todd Bertuzzi to be like the the locker room <laughs> enforcer because he did an excellent job of that at Bridgestone Arena about ten. Years ago. <laughs> uh, so maybe maybe we need to get him back on the payroll just to you know take the marquee down. Yes. Anybody tries to mess with it. So come on. I mean, and you know, all in good fun or whatever. But yeah, it was like it was literally like, okay, I don't feel like he he just couldn't come up with it. Like it was so funny. And then I'm like, he's gonna put the E on the end of wild and be like, oh, look at Shakespearean uh, now. He's a, he's a big Olivia fan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, bless. Yeah. But big win for the Nashville Predators. This was a big win for the Predators. Yeah, and they're going to need a couple more. They got the New York Islanders yeah. tomorrow night, which, as you know, we mentioned yesterday, other than the New Jersey Devils, the Islanders might be the biggest exceeding expectations mm-hmm. surprise of the season in the entire NHL. And then you got the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday, which, you know, the Lightning – have struggled at times this season, but they're still the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they have still won, I believe it is now, seven of the last nine games against the Nashville Predators. So that is something the Preds hope to buck the trend. And as we mentioned, next week, you know, Thanksgiving week, the big one is coming the day after Thanksgiving against the Colorado Avalanche at home. That is yep. another big test, and we're going to see how Smashville responds to that uh and where can people read your work you can find my work at insidethepreds.com and you can find me on twitter at ann k underscore mama on ice you can find me at on the as well and on underscore at under underscore ns morgan on twitter it's early y'all it is uh, early, also y'all. if you're interested in reading about the red wings this week i recently joined winging it in motown So you can see some of my work there as well. For the rest of you Preds fans, you can find us on any podcast platform out there. Spotify, Amazon, Apple, all that good stuff. If you find us, hit subscribe and drop a rating if you like us. Give us a five-star review to help other fans find this faster. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like our video, subscribe, and hit the bell notification so you'll always know when we got fresh content out for you. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. As always, we'll be back tomorrow with a preview of Predators versus Islanders. We'll see you then.